Happy New Year. It is 2020. It seems like time is just flying by. Oh, Lord. It's, it will literally be 2050 before we um, look up. <laughs> happy New Year to everyone. I hope everybody had a happy and safe uh, New Year's. It's that time of year where we indulge or dive into our resolutions and goals and just positive projections for the future. Have a great episode for you. We're going to get into some impeachment updates, uh, some interesting developments as far as the minimum wage increase, uh, and just some business and political um, hoopla, I should say. Uh, but stay tuned. This is your host, Cody Kelly, with It Is What It Is podcast. In the realm of impeachment update, uh, Darai. Uh, Gregorian goes on to state that President Donald Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says he'd, he will be willing to testify at his client's Senate trial. Uh, he stated that he would love to represent Trump in the proceedings. He would testify, do demonstrations. He said, I'd give lectures, I'd give summations, or I'd do what I do best. I'd try the case. I'd love to try the case. Giuliani told reporters as he made his way into New Year's Eve celebration at the President's Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida. Giuliani, a former federal prosecutor, suggests that he lead the President's defense team with a prosecution. I don't know if anybody would have the courage to give me the chase, but if you give me the chase, I will persecute it as a racketeering case, which I kind of invented anyway. He said referring to his pioneering use of racketeering laws to take down New York mob's leadership in the 1980s. Uh, so some of my thoughts, um, Giuliani is a character, uh, for better or for worse, um, and his boldness to represent, uh, Donald Trump is, uh, politically, I guess, advantageous in his case, and he's confident in the fact that he could properly and appropriately defend, uh, the President of the United States. Um, I truly believe... Giuliani would make a sham of the process. I'm not discounting his qualifications. He is a trial lawyer. He has experience in doing this. But to be put on a national stand and to be uh, thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, I just don't feel like he's prepared for that. Uh, I don't feel like he uh, is is has the the infallible character. Uh, to go against that type of questioning and uh, interrogation. But if he's up for it, go ahead. You know, <laughs> like, it, it, if anything, it'll be entertaining. Uh, so I think the long story short, as they prepare for the Senate trial and you're looking to represent um, the defendant in the best light possible, maybe Giuliani is not the best individual to do that uh, but if they feel that that is the right course of action then go ahead please it will be a highlight reel on the Stephen Colbert show uh, so looking forward to it looking forward to the laughs in the future and looking forward to ultimately this political embarrassment Julian Castro drops out uh, Castro is uh, the only Latino candidate running in the Democratic primary uh, but the former top Obama administration official never saw his poll numbers take off in the crowded field and was edged off the debate stage in recent months after failing to meet the Democratic National Committee's increasingly tough fundraising and polling thresholds needed to qualify. 
Castro stated that I've determined that it simply isn't our time. Sent in a video message announcing his departure from the race. Today, it's with a heavy heart and profound gratitude that I will suspend my campaign for president. So some of my thoughts, I thought Castro actually was a great candidate. Um, his stances were exemplary. Uh, he was profound and, to me, dynamic on stage. I, I did think he took a cheap shot at Biden in the earlier debates um, about his age, stating, do you even remember? That was kind of like a low blow. Uh, but nevertheless, he was a formidable opponent and, and to me, a, a true rising star um, in the landscape of politics. I think what hurts him is what is hurting or what hurt uh, Kamala Harris, what is hurting uh, Andrew Booker, and ultimately what will catch Andrew Yang, it's money. Unfortunately, even when you deal with the duality of color, what ultimately affects political candidates going forward is the inability to raise funds, so the compromises that it takes. Uh, to continue in the campaign. It takes a lot to hire these campaign workers, to put out advertisement, to have a social media manager, to have speech writers, to have a whole staff dedicated to basically becoming the front runner for the party and then thus and forth. Uh, so I don't think it was because he didn't have great ideas. I think Castro was uh, good on gun control. I think he was good on the economic policies. Uh, Castro, to me, was was borderline great. Uh, I just think that, like all candidates, uh, especially candidates of color, when there's a lack of financial backing, unfortunately, um, they don't and we don't uh, possess the means to go forward. So unless there is a powerful financial backing behind you, no matter how good you are, no matter how talented you are, no matter how much leadership and thought provoking strategy you can provide uh there's not any dollars unfortunately there's not any power uh so i think it just goes to show we kind of need to change the way we go about uh selecting a president selecting candidates selecting front runners uh but my hat's off to castro to me he did a phenomenal job so minimum wage is going up hooray 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 the problem with minimum wage in 2020 is set to increase in 2019, 20, 21 states actually increased minimum wage. 2020 is a push to get minimum wage to a minimum of $15 an hour across the continental U.S. or across the U.S. period. The problem with that is that prices will go up as well. You cannot increase overhead and expect prices not to go up. I think the problem is not the increase of the floor. It is the lack of decrease for the ceiling. We can increase wages all we want, but if there's not a guaranteed and bona fide way to lower the cost of living, we're literally creating our own destruction. We have to lower the cost of living. We have to lower this ceiling. If you make $100 an hour and everything is 10 times what the price is now, you haven't done anything, right? You have to create, to me, price maximums on everything so that people can thrive so that there is sustainability and longevity and an increase in growth and if you cannot ensure this you're just basically going around the circle so it's great that the five for 15 has warranted and um, won battles uh, but if the five for 15 means that everything else has increased and your 15 dollars an hour basically allows you to acquire what you were acquiring before 
then all you did was increase your, you know, tax threshold. You didn't gain. You didn't win. We have to focus on the true battle, which is lowering costs of living, making things so affordable that it doesn't matter if it's 15, 20, 25, or 8, your pennies can go a lot further. Until we figure that out and have a living wage, then, you know, we're going around in circles and basically Mm -hmm. not burning any real calories. Uh, So... The focus has to be how do we lower the cost of living? How do we increase wages without increasing price? How do we make sure that profit, yes, isn't sabotaged, but profit doesn't become its own deity? How do we make sure that business can operate but not operate in a greed model? And when we focus on that, then we will always have sustainability. And when there's sustainability, there's longevity. Where there's longevity, there's prosperity. And when there's prosperity, there's happiness. Great article by Dana Arkin on the uh, updates of SeaWorld. SeaWorld Orlando plans to purchase out its signature killer whale attraction. Start of the new year, scrapping the One Ocean show and replacing it with Orca Encounter. The One Ocean will close um, and... On actually yesterday, January the 1st, will take spot at Shamu Stadium named after various SeaWorld orcas having a long been synonymous with the parks. The purpose of this is to reflect the company's mission to inspire people and protect animals and wild wonders and world through education, research and animal rescue. I, I really think the focus is to make obviously the attraction safer. They don't want anybody eaten uh, to make sure that humans and or you know, animals and animals, humans and animals alike are protected, that there is integrity, that there is value, and that there is entertainment that does not go beyond uh, exploitation. Uh, So when you can create that type of attraction, that type of show, and ensure those type of values, that will be the thing going forward. Hats off to SeaWorld. Um, it's not the end. Like people will still see Shamu in some form or fashion. Is just to make sure that all parties are protected and are doing right by each other, and that there is harmonious balance and respect going forward. Uh, so I like this move. Um, I think that this is a long time coming, and that Sea Road will be the better for it. All right, that's all the time I have for you. It's been a great episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for engaging with me. I'd love to provide more content. I'm going to become a multiple episodes. I said start of 2020. Uh, you're going to get more and more topics, more things about society and culture, not just news. We're also going to get back into the sports kind of focus, but I uh, wanted to build up that base and kind of see where it was going. But uh, connect with me on IG at CVMK33, YouTube at CV Space K. And until next time, thanks.